With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Six minutes, 11 seconds left in the first period in Montreal. Canadians about to go on the power play, and it's a scoreless tie between the Habs and the Leafs. Toronto leading that series two games to one. One other playoff game tonight. It is about to begin. It's the Predators at the Carolina Hurricanes. That series is now tied 2-2. Blue Jays leading the Yankees 2-0 in the third. How about Vlad Guerrero Jr.? Home run in this one, his 16th of the season off of Corey Kluber. So 2-0 for the Jays at the Yankees. It's now into the bottom of the third. Well, it's over for the Edmonton Oilers. It's over very quickly. Swept by the Winnipeg Jets. The playoffs only last, what, six days for the Oilers? After all that hope and buildup going in, it's not even a long series against the Jets. Three of the games ending in overtime, including last night's triple overtime classic, and it was a classic. I know it's not the result most of you wanted. Disappointing to see the team go out four straight. I do think that... That is going to be a game remembered, though, in Oilers history and in Jets history as, quite frankly, a beauty. The two teams were going at it. There was a lot on the line. Neither team backed down. Jets made the play that got them the win as they had, well, not just in the overtime games, in all the games in the series. I mean, you look at the times of the game-winning goals. The Jets won game one. The game winner was with 10.46 left in the third. They won game two, 4.06 into overtime. They won game three, 9.13 into overtime. Now, the Oilers blew that game, but still, the Jets pulled it out. And then, obviously, last night's game going 6.52 into the third overtime. Happy to hear from you on the series, on the Oilers, on what you thought, any criticisms you have, anything maybe you liked that are things to build on, what you're looking ahead for the offseason and next year. You can chime in on any of that. On the hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. You know the number, of course. It's 780-496-0063. Follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. And you can email me, insidesports, at 630ched.com. I'll start with this. And we'll obviously dive into more detail. And you're going to hear from McDavid and Dreisaitl and Nurse and Barry and Larson and Nuge and Tippett, a little bit from Mike Smith as well, who all spoke today as the Oilers packed it up for the year. I believe Ken Holland is going to talk to the media tomorrow. If I were to sum up each game in one word, here's how I would do it. Hellebuck, Hellebuck, Choke, Classic. That's how I would do it. And I know there were other things that happened in the series and there were other players who played big roles in the series. But if I had to sum up each game with one word, that's how I would do it. Hellebuck, Hellebuck, Choke, Classic. Could have the Oilers played better in the first two games? Yeah, sure. Did they start those games very well? No, they didn't. But they had a lot of pressure and they had a lot of shots. And Mike Smith did a 
pretty good job. And Connor Hellebuck's save percentage after the first two games was north of 970. And then you got into game three where the Oilers did, you know, perfect is a relative term, but they were they were pretty near perfect for about 51 minutes. And then they blew it. And that's something that's going to be discussed. That's something they have to wear because six players on this team have been part of two monumental collapses, the one in Anaheim in game five, and now this one in Winnipeg on game six. That's something they're going to have to wear. And as good as they were in the regular season at closing out games and playing well in the third period, they had that game almost in the bag. And then it jumped out of the bag and they lost it. But so I call that a choke and give the Jets credit for coming back. You still got to make plays. You still got to take advantage of the power play. They still needed stops from Hellebuck after they tied the game. The Oilers did have their chances. So again, Hellebuck was big in that game like he was in the first two. But that would be my one word for game three. And then, like I said, game four, classic game. Yes, the Oilers made mistakes, a costly mistake that led to Shifley's tying goal in the third. The Jets made mistakes as well. It came down to one shot. The Jets shooter made it when the Oilers shooters couldn't. Leon Dreisaitl had 22 shot attempts in that game. He had 10 shots on goal. He had another eight or he had another 12 that were either blocked or missed the net. Now, Dreisaitl played a ton like a lot of the Oilers big guys did, which I think is a discussion point around Dave Tippett and the coaching staff, how they handled the ice time in overtime. And, you know, I, I talked to some people today, um, you know, that uh, you get to know people over the years who are maybe former players or former coaches or even had a management role from time to time. And uh, one former player said, Leon Dreisaitl doesn't miss a couple of those shots if he's fresh. That that is just fatigue when he's point blank like he was a couple of times in overtime and he shoots wide. So anyway, that's more to that's more to pick apart as we move along. One thing I'll dive into here off the start, the Oilers have some key players who can become unrestricted free agents in the summer. Free agency pushed back to late July with the calendar adjusted because of COVID and the season not starting until January. The Stanley Cup final is going to go into July. Tyson Berry led all defensemen in the NHL in scoring. And he had this to say about becoming an unrestricted free agent again. Yeah, I think it's a, a mix of both. And um, you obviously need to take care of yourself and, and look after your family. And, and uh, But you also you know, want to be in a good situation where you're enjoying yourself and, and you're having a chance to, to take runs at cups. And, um, you know, it's so, it's so tough to win in this league. And, um, you know, that's the, that's the end goal. And I think there'll be nothing that feels quite as good as that. So you want to put yourself in a position where you have a chance at that. And, um, you know, there's no guarantees, but uh, I think you gotta, you gotta find a balance of both and, and see where is a, a good fit. Yeah. Tyson Berry said that after signing for one year in Edmonton, he'd, prefer to be looking for a longer term deal I don't know if he's going to get that here he had an awesome season he helped the Oilers he gave them a dimension that they didn't have and that we've kind of been wishing that they did have for a long time but I think the Oilers might look at this and say do we want to sign Tyson Berry for four five six years when he's going to be into his 30s by the end of that deal or do we commit now to Evan Bouchard and maybe give him a year of growth and then maybe two or three years from now, he's better than what Barry would be at that point. So that's why I think right now, handicapping this, I would say unlikely Tyson Barry returns next season. Anthony is on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Anthony, thanks for calling. 
Hey, Reed, how's it going? Doing well. Good, good. I, I agree with you 100% where it's like, um, yeah, it was Hellebuck, Hellebuck, Choke, and uh, I think the last part is depth and not uh, not, not a classic. I think the, if going into this playoff, I think a lot of fans are saying, um, you know, looking at Ken Holland to make some changes, but it, it proved how far our depth is compared to the Winnipeg Jets, right? Um, and how far this team is because those minutes that were shorting those benches, like their Jets really rolled the, their lines even even in those few overtime periods in the game. And we couldn't do anything to solve that, right? Um, this team is far from being a contender, I think. Um, but to, to, to your last point about Barry, I, if they don't sign Barry, they're going to be backwards, right? The window of opportunities now, I feel, with, with, with the guys that they have, with the horses that they got, if they don't sign Barry, who are they going to replace it with? That means that you're going to wait two, three years in Connor McDavid and, and Leon Dreisel's contract uh, for hopefully Bouchard pans out. And Bouchard's not going to be a leading point defenseman in this league for, for, for a while. Um, so they're, they're in a tough spot. I think this this off season is going to be really important for Ken Holland, and it's going to be really important for this team if there's any off season um, to to shape this team into into becoming uh, hopefully a, a Stanley Cup contender. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I'll leave you on the line here, Anthony. I, I made a lot of good points. The depth thing, absolutely. No, the Jets. The Jets kind of cut it down to 10 forwards, but your point is still very relevant because their second and third lines are better than the Oilers' second and third line, so they still had more depth. Here, Here's the thing where, Anthony, if, if where I, I can understand why fans would be frustrated and, and I would be a little critical as well. The Oilers are looking for the exact same things they were looking for in the last offseason, a scoring winger, a third-line center, and maybe somebody a little bit bigger on defense. The only, to me, the only area that the Oilers improved is that Pugliarvi actually, in my mind, became a player. Cahoon didn't pan out. Turris didn't pan out. Like, they're both healthy scratched for the game. And, I mean, they signed Cuckoo as a depth defenseman. Unfortunately, he got hurt. So that that's the thing. Like, they, they, had, they still had an okay season. Like, they're, to me, they're a second-tier team. They're not an elite team. And now this is... This is the hardest step to me. I mean, they went, they've went. they gone from being a non-playoff bottom feeder to being like a respectable second-tier team. So now they need those things to get to the top, and it's competing for those players with other teams and, and actually finding the right guys that is Holland's biggest challenge. That's what I think. I, I agree with you 100%. I think the danger here as an Oilers fan is that we become the San Jose Sharks. I think that's that's a real danger here if if this off season doesn't go according to plan and you know we, you can plan as much as you want, you know, I, I you know, we can all be armchair GMs here, but Ken Holland has has his work cut out for him. Um, but but by just looking at Tyson Berry get and, and replacing there's no replacement for Tyson Berry. There there's none. Like if the Oilers fans are thinking there's a replacement, it's not coming. There's no other defenseman on the open market that is as dynamic as him. So you and you know, it's gonna be really interesting because the date like like I said, the danger here is we become the San Jose Sharks. And you they've made playoffs, they've had great seasons, but they haven't hit to that to that level of uh, winning that winning winning all the way right and and, and that's a, that's a real uh, 
that's going to be that's going to be really telling in this offseason for sure. Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. I hadn't thought of the potential Sharks comparison. Anthony, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again. Okay. Likewise, okay. Take care. That is Anthony, 780-496-0063. Got time for anybody who wants to hop on tonight and more comments from uh, members of the Oilers and Coach Dave Tippett as we move along. I just to give you a better read on it I honestly haven't heard much from my agent I haven't talked to Ken in last last month or so but I guess on the exit meeting we'll find get a better picture where we're at right now but who knows what the what the future brings but like I said earlier I I love everything around this organization and everyone around it so uh, <clears throat> that's uh just leave it at that that's defenseman adam larson another pending unrestricted free agent for the oilers who i think had a pretty good year like a lot of the guys didn't look great when the team started three and six but then i think he became the adam larson that he's supposed to be in terms of defending and playing with uh a little bit of physicality and doing those types of things. So I do expect Adam Larson will be getting a new contract here from the Oilers. Okay, the hotline presented by Certain Teed, professional-grade building materials. We have Fred calling in. Hello, Fred. How's it going? Good, Fred. Uh, I'm not happy. Uh, I wasn't expecting to get swept. I thought maybe at least around. So thank God we got a Hall of Fame GM in here with tons of cap space uh obviously there's holes to fill uh now tyson barry i agree with your last caller we got to do what we can do to keep him here now foster clefbaum can't come back is that more of an option then bringing barry back here's the problem fred and i can you can maybe turn down your radio a bit if you don't mind too Oh, I don't have it on at all. Oh, I got, I got, I got an echo. Maybe it's just on my end. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I don't know if they're going to know about Clefbaum in time for free agency. Right. So you might have to make a decision about Barry before you even know what Clefbaum's future is. Because I don't think Clefbaum will be healthy for the start of the season. No. Like he might not play till November or December or even January. So you may have to go out and try to find somebody on the left side, regardless of Barry's participation or not. I mean, do you bring Kulikov back? No. I don't know. Do you bring Cuckoo back? Oh, maybe, but he's a depth guy. Like you're still looking for somebody there. I would sign Adam Larson though. I think they will. Yeah, I think so too. And you know what? Uh, would you do this? Neil and the first of Seattle to free up five and a half million in cap space. Uh, I I don't know if I'd send a first along with that. Or a second, maybe. I don't know. Because if he could dump that contract and free up $5.5 million, uh, how about Nudes? I don't think he's going to be back personally. I don't know. I might be wrong on that. but uh, I, I don't know, but I don't know if you can pay him much. That's the thing. I mean, did he have a $6 million season, especially five on five, and the cap's not going up? 
Not at all. That, and he's very disappointing in the last four games. He had a flash here and there, but uh, but he said maybe give him five at five years. I I doubt he'll go that low, but he's not worth. I can't see him going. I just can't see him signing here. I don't. I think they need somebody with a little more grit. You know what? I was talking to a couple of scouts from a dub today, and we all agreed. You know, when you're going up against guys like Adam Lowry and Blake Wheeler, it's pretty tough. They're big boys, and that's what the Oilers need. They need to. We got to beef up a little bit. Yeah. Thanks, Fred. Yeah, we'll get to that discussion too, because I think size, uh, functional size, <laughs> you know, size that actually plays big. And maybe size on defense, players with long reaches that can take up a lot of space and have large wingspans. That could be something that the Oilers are looking for as well. Okay, we got uh, Day and Hazen up next on the phones. I got to do the news and weather here, guys. Well, I'm not going to do it. My colleague's going to do it. But I want to give you guys uh, significant time here. So uh, I'll bring you on after the news and weather. There are lines open as we discuss the Oilers being broomed away by the Jets, 780-496-0063. Period finished in Montreal. No score. Maple Leafs and Canadians. They're about 12 minutes into the game. In Carolina, Hurricanes and Predators scoreless. That series is tied 2-2. Blue Jays up 3-0 on the Yankees in the top of the fifth. As we look back on the Oilers season, which had more highs than lows. The problem was the low at the end was really, 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 really low. And uh, your thoughts on... What's coming up? Can they uh, do enough in the offseason to, like I said, move up from a second-tier team to maybe being a top-tier contending team? We're going to get the thoughts of Hazen at 780-496-0063. Hey, Hazen, go ahead. Hey, Reed, how's it going today? Oh, doing well. It's nice to hear from you. Uh, nice to hear from you, too. Uh, I'm a little disappointed as long as the rest of Oilers Nation is. Uh, I mean, like you say, we had a lot of highs this season. Uh, the lowest lows came last night. But uh, my question for you, Reed, based on your knowledge and expertise, I know you're not Ken Holland, but uh, what what's the outlook here of this Oilers team? Like, what what sort of identity do they need to uh, try and approach here or maintain? I guess, like I, the gentleman before me said, you know, maybe we need to get some size and, and grit. But you know, I, I <laughs> it doesn't mean we need to go, you know, spend another 36 million on a on a grinder type deal. But uh, you know, what, what What do we need here to just to get past that next hump, whatever that, that may be? I know I don't want to be a, you know, a San Jose or a Washington Capitol second round. I believe that this team has a has a whole lot more potential than that. What What do you say, Reed? Okay, I'll, I'll leave, leave Hazen up here so he can respond to Kellen. Here's what I think they have to do. They have to, and the, 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 the Hazen, the, the problem that, you're probably going to be frustrated because you've probably heard me say this before, but I'll, I'll try to elaborate a little bit. They need to support McDavid and Dreisaitl. And I think that needs to happen in two ways. The way that we've talked about a lot is that they need to support them with players who can complement their skill. There it is still too often that those players make a nice play and it dies on the stick of the player they pass the puck to. Now, yeah. Pugliarvi was a step up. I, I will give, I think Pugliarvi was a big positive this season and something 100%. they now have that they didn't have a year ago. 
I still think Yamamoto can play in the NHL. Maybe he's not going to be a top six guy. Maybe he'll be a third liner. Right. You know, Cahoon didn't work out. Tourist didn't work out. Uh, Nuge's year five on five was was underwhelming, though I still think he's a pretty good player. We'll see, we'll yeah. see what happens. Here's another way that I think they need to support those guys. Can you find a veteran that has some savvy, that has some energy, that isn't your goaltender? Because Mike Smith yeah. brought that, but the goalie has a heck of a lot to worry about on his own, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure, no doubt. So, <laughs> you know, like, I, I and again, I reference today, and look, you know what it's like, Hazen. I talk to people, you talk to people, other media people talk to people. I have some ex-players and and people I reach out to when I want to try to see what, what they're thinking. And yeah. And one guy said to me, he said, first of all, it drives him crazy when people criticize Connor McDavid's leadership. He actually used the sentence, Connor McDavid is gold. He said he's yeah. a great person, he's a great captain, and he's a great leader. But he yeah. and Leon and Larson and Nurse can't do it all on their own. No. And he said, look what the Leafs did. You bring yeah. in Spezza, you bring in Thornton. Now, those guys wanted to play for Toronto and Southern Ontario. That's the advantage recruiting guys. Yeah. But those guys can now take the heat off Matthews and Marner with the fans and with the media and with taking abuse from other players. So can the Oilers support them not just with skill, but with a couple of older, competent players who have maybe been captains in the past? That veteran savviness you talk about, thats that sounds like that's what we need, you know? Even, uh, heck, if we went and got a Felino at a deadline or a Palmieri or a Zajac, I mean... Let alone their 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 ice the, the play on the ice speaks for itself. But in the room, you mean, you know, I uh, I often hear about the uh, 2017 run and how you know Matt Hendricks he didn't play a lot of games that year, but the boys sure as hell appreciated his voice in that room. So I mean, I think I think that's what it is to read is uh, we need we need some more veterans. Hazen, it's good to hear from you. I know you've called in a few times before. I appreciate it. All right, thanks a lot, Reed. Take care. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. And uh, Toronto has scored. Kellen, I missed the goal. Did you see it? <laughs> Nylander again. He's got four now. I think he scored in every game. Yeah, I didn't uh, see it. Uh, sorry, I, I looked away for the goal. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Rob is on the line as well. Hey, Rob. Yeah, hi. It's uh, yeah. I got a lot, so many things, you know, that, that I could say, but uh, you know. I just like to say I have a I have a lot of confidence in Kenny Holland. Uh, you know, like if they could, uh, you know, I heard Hyman might be an unrestricted free agent. Uh, if they ever got a guy like that in free agency uh, on the top two lines, you know, I think they would, you know, be unstoppable. Uh, you know, guys coming up like Holloway and Lavoie. McLeod, you know, I think, I just think the Oilers are going to be unstoppable in the next couple of years. And I think it's really, really exciting right now. Uh, I'll get your thoughts on that. Well, I hope so. I mean, we're all feeling kind of low after the, the series against the Jets. And again, I'll say Hellebuck was the, was the MVP of that series. Uh, I think McLeod yeah. has some potential. I think Holloway has some potential. Maybe he can be a bit of a, a shooter and a net drive guy for for the big guys at some point. Um, Lavoie, we'll see. 
I can't remember who else you mentioned, but but they're going to have to find. I mean, hi, uh, hi, you're right with Hyman. I mean, that's a player he can play third line, he can play second line, he can play on the power play. I, I would certainly think that would be an excellent addition if the Oilers could ever get after him. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate it. And speaking of Ken Holland, I, you've probably heard me say this before. Look, he, Ken Holland, a couple of years with the he's had some misses. He's had some hits. He took some chances. He took a chance with Turris. I thought Turris was going to be at least be serviceable. He was not even playing at the end of the year. But Ken Holland's best move is not trading Jesse Pugliarvi. Now that we've see, seen what happened this season. Ken Holland's best move is the one he didn't make. Because he could have come in and said that relationship is broken, irreparable. They want out. I'm going to trade him. He he got him to come back. Dave Tippett played a role. And by the end of the year, Jesse Pugliarvi came a player, at least for me, that I trusted. And I thought that good things would happen when he was on the ice. We have Jeremy chiming in as well. Hello, Jeremy. Go ahead. Oh, we lost Jeremy. Okay. Well, Jeremy, if you're listening and you want to call, call back and we'll get you in. So instead, we will go to Harvey. Harvey, thank hey. you for calling. Hey, Reed. I talked to you last night post game. Okay. Um, I was. I, was uh, I made that mention about Patrick Line, and, and maybe we could do a, a trade for that. Uh, because I'm thinking more about Hobbs uh, uh, Nuge, and you talk about his five on five, and you th- got to think about this. He played with the two best players in the league, and what did he do? He did nothing. Where everybody talks, you know what I mean? Like he wants six, seven million dollars. He he should only get three or four, four million dollars for what he did because he's a third line player. And also, my last last call, um, I mentioned Yamamoto being too small. What do you think about him as a centerman? He's too small to be in front of the net where the wingers uh, got to be, put the puck in the net. But maybe he could be around in the in, in the in the, in the Make the plays because he's fast. He might be good on uh, face-offs because he's maybe has quick hands, and he could be a third-line centerman. What do you think about that? As far as I know, he's never played center, so I I'd I have to look into his history. I don't think he's ever played center, uh, and so I don't know how good he would be at face-offs. And you know, there are some pretty big face-off guys and some pretty big first and second-line centers he'd have to be going up against. So I, I don't know about a position change for him. I still like him as a player. I I never question Yamamoto's effort, and maybe he's going to have to try and get a little stronger. Stoffer references maybe him working on his shot or his release a little bit. Um, I think there's somebody there the Oilers want to hang hang on to. I, I don't know about a position change. We also have John on the line. John, thanks a lot for chiming in. Go ahead. Hey, Reid. Uh, just a couple things. Uh, one is I don't agree with everybody that's saying that McDavid's going to ask for a trade-out and wants out. I think he's here long-term. He wants to be here. He wants to win a cup here. And secondly, who do you think we can go after in the goaltending market? Um, I'm not putting this uh, series that we just had on Smith by any means, but I think an upgrade in goaltending is where it's got to be our spotlight, I think. I agree. I think they still need to find a, a long-term goaltender. Maybe Smith is back next season. Uh, I mean, I, I still think you look at maybe one of the guys out of Columbus. Uh, if it's going to be a backup to Smith, uh, you know, and I'll credit Stoff again. He's talked about Chris Dreger maybe, who's who's a little older and hasn't played a ton. So I would uh, I, I would start there. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't because Koskinen is still under contract and I don't know if anybody's doing the Oilers a favor by taking Miko Koskinen, but I, I throw out a couple names there for you. I'll have to dive deeper into the, into the UFA list here as we move throughout the, 
the off season. But th- this is the other thing. As much as we're talking about the forwards and maybe adding some size on defense, if the Oilers are ever going to win a cup, they- they're going to have to have a goaltender, and they're going to have to have a goaltender that can do it for like a five to seven year period. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, John. I'll, I'll have to check into the goaltending market a little bit. I know I was looking at that uh, more earlier in the season before Smith came back, and we were all a little bit worried about uh, about Koskinen. But uh, that's another storyline we'll have to follow as well. Six forty-four. We have Mike on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Mike, go ahead. How are you? Yeah, good. 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 Uh, I just wanted to touch on. You know, I, I know at the trade deadline, a lot of people were you know, upset that Holland didn't bring in, you know, uh, another forward and that. But, uh, you know, I'm certainly glad that he didn't go and chase something that I, I think he's a lot smarter with his experience. You know, it, it's evident that we're a ways off. We need probably two forwards, a goaltender, and definitely a, a defenseman. What are your thoughts on, you know, I think Holland being smart enough not to, to chase something that's not there yet. I generally agree with what you're saying about this year. I think the time to be conservative is past. I think you got to go now. Oh, 100%. But I, I think with the, the cap space that we have this summer, I think he was wise to wait. Uh, for sure. I was hoping get at least one round for that experience sort of thing and build off that a, a positive to the season did I think that they were going to win the North? Uh, probably not and uh, uh, but you know the Jets just proved that the depth isn't there with the Oilers and and I think sometimes at trade deadlines we all get a little too excited and, and think you know one or two moves is going to put you over the top but we're just not there as an organization and and to your first caller's point if they don't sign Tyson Berry they're crazy Bouchard is is a couple years away from being an elite power play defenseman and you're not going to find anybody better than Barry. okay good thoughts Mike appreciate it man Goalies who are going to be unrestricted free agents this summer. I'm just going to read this in the order that they showed up. I just went to Cap Friendly. I'm sure many of you use this site. I mean, I'm not uh, telling you anything you can't find out yourself, but we can talk about it. Uh, and they're, they're sorted by how much they're making this year. Uh, unrestricted free agent goalies coming up. Tuka Rask, he's 34. Pecorina, he's 38. Frederick, uh, Frederick Anderson, who's 31. Would you go after Frederick Anderson? Or do you think that it's not gone well enough for him in Toronto? Uh, 35-year-old Devin Dubnik, Antti Ranta, he's 32. James Reimer is 33 in Carolina. Philip Grubauer, who I would think Colorado will re-sign. He had a pretty good year. Uh, Peter Mrazek, Jonathan Bernier, David Riddick. Now we're kind of getting down into more backup-type players. So that gives you an idea of some of the goaltenders that would be available as free agents anyway this summer. Okay, Ryan, you're up next, but i got to take a quick time out here. 647 Inside Sports on Chet. Jarkara, one of three Oilers forwards who had the ice time cut in overtime. He got to play a couple of shifts. The other two guys, well, they had it cut out, not just cut, cut down to nothing. Alex Chason and Ryan McLeod didn't play. That's been a discussion point as as well about how Dave Tippett handled 
overtime, basically going to nine forwards and 4D really surprised me that he went all the way down to 4D and that Slater Cuckoo didn't get spotted in. Quite frankly, I was a little surprised Alex Chason didn't get spotted in. Offensive zone faceoff, he did score a goal in the game. He does go to the front of the net. He can screen the goalie. He can deflect the puck. He's, he's a guy um, I, I would have worked in. So anyway, 780-496-0063. We have Ryan standing by. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Reed. How's going? Good. No, I appreciate your time. Uh, love your effort and uh, enthusiasm since I was a Lloyd Minster Baron playing high school sports. So, uh, Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? Back in the day. Did I ever interview you? No, probably not me. I wasn't good enough, but maybe some of my teammates. <laughs> Were you football or basketball? Both. So did you play with, like, uh, Heath Williamson and those guys? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I graduated with Heath. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. You guys had so, good teams. Yeah, no, we did. We lost a couple of provincial semifinals and such. So, anyways, my comments were... Uh, I, I agree with the comments just introducing this. It's like Shason scored a goal. Why wasn't he out there? And and it's frustrating. I'm not going to criticize the coach because he's above the pay grade of both you and me. But it's interesting, you know, looking forward because the Nuge contract's going to be – he didn't have a good year. And the salary cap's not gone up to where you think it would be. And I think this team needs to be aggressive. And by being aggressive – is there a potential for Nuge not returning because the team needs to be aggressive and sign someone that, quite frankly, can do better with the top guys and and Nuge gets squeezed out because the dollars just aren't there? I just want to hear your comments on that because uh, defense and goaltenders, we can talk about that all day, but I think that ultimately is going to be a concern for this team just because of COVID and, and so forth. I, well, I think you nailed it. Could Nugent Hopkins get squeezed out because they could use that money to perhaps even sign two players? And maybe pretty, one of them's a shooter. Maybe one of them's a shooter and the other guy's a, a third liner with a little bit of offensive ability, but who could fill in for Nugent Hopkins on the penalty kill. That's exactly Nuge, what could happen. If Nugent would have like wiped the floor with the year, this isn't the conversation we're having, but... Like a lot of guys have contract years in 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 their end of the year of the contract, and Nuge did the opposite. And whether it's injury or other or COVID or otherwise, like it, it is what it is. But the results speak for themselves, and it's a tough spot for everybody. I think fans included, because everyone loves him. He's an Alberta boy. He's not from BC, but he played in Red Deer. But mm-hmm. I gotta say, like it's tough. Because are you really going to potentially overpay? Because you look at what Cassian did with a playoff run, and you paid, and, and the performance hasn't been there. Now you're sitting there saying, and I got to say that Ken Holland doesn't overpay to keep guys. So it's going to, and he doesn't have the history. So it's going to be, I'm not a, thinking it's a slam dunk for him to stay, but I just want your thoughts on that. Well, I think I think you summed them up that that's the, the reality and i think ryan you're right he's 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 a very good hockey player he didn't have a great year five on five he is beloved by oilers fans but can you afford to give him a raise 
And if and if you don't, then you're thinking, oh, now I got another six million dollars. And is this maybe two players who can fill specific roles that the Oilers are missing? That's uh, that's totally how it has to be summed up. Nugent Hopkins commented on his future today. I mean, I think I've said it from the start. I I love being an Oiler. I always have. <clears throat> My goal is always to 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 be in the stay an Oiler and. Right now, at this point, I'm not. It's not really in my mind. I mean, I'm right now. It's uh, I got a lot, lot more in my head than than that. So it's uh, tough to tough to kind of think about that and uh, and get my thoughts wrapped around that. But I think I've said it from day one that um, I I love being an Oiler and um, it's something that I've uh, taken a lot of pride in over the last ten years and. All right, that's a little bit from the Nuge. Jason Spezza scores for the Leafs. They now lead the Canadians 2-0 in the second period. Galchenyuk and Muzzin with the assist. We got more time for you if you want to give me a buzz. 780-496-0063. We'll also talk about the Oilers roster with Mike Fuva, Mike Fuda, former NHL assistant GM. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.